tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Social Conversations. Let's welcome our A-team guest on our social conversation, Fatima Zara, who is uh, SADC's uh, spokesperson, uh, the South African uh, Depression and Anxiety Group. Thank you very much for joining us, Fatima. Hi, good evening. Thank you for having us on your show. I don't think there is much for for me to ask when it comes to the reason why this week, being Teen Suicide Prevention Week, is so important to us. But I'd like you to please just give us, you know, what you as SADC are focusing on with this week and what we as society should be doing. Talking about um, suicide, especially teen suicide, is often such a big taboo and so hard and difficult and awkward for parents, teachers, um, even friends to talk about. So this week specifically, we are focusing on how to share difficult conversations with teenagers and your, your children, your teens, your friends, your peers, your students and learners. It's so important to open up the conversation because so today, that S-word, suicide, is so difficult and people sort of step back and do not want to open the conversation because of the fear that if they start a conversation, it's going to become a thought that a person might consider, which is not often the case. Mm. But, you know, like you're saying, sometimes we are not very open to talk about it. Um, and a lot of parents and teachers may also be afraid to talk about their teens, um, uh, to t- their teens about, you know, suicide and the cases. Um, it plants, a, they think it plants a seed. And that's not necessarily the case. But how can mm-hmm. we as parents, guardians, aunts, uncles, teachers, and those who, who have influence on young people, better communicate to them around suicide? I think in this day and age, it's so important to keep an open line of communication between yourself and your children, your learners, your your teens, your friends. Um, also, you know, picking up one or two signs, it's like it could just trigger conversation. And just asking a simple question like how are you today how are you feeling how what happened those little key questions can create conversation which could lead into something where you can address these issues and if for instance a person is going through a tough time being heard is so important and people often feel that when you're going through something tough you just need to be listened to and you know, often all they want to do is talk about it so they can feel better about it. And then obviously it's that offer of help which creates a hope where they they know they're not feeling alone. And that feeling alone helps them get through whatever difficulty they are going through at that moment in time. A-teamers, please join in on the conversation. I know it's a very, very sensitive conversation. 
um, perhaps when you look back into your teenage years, you, you can relate to what teenagers today are going through. Um, the rate of suicide when I was growing up was quite high, or attempted suicide. It was quite high amongst my peers. There were too many attempts, and there were, uh, you know, there, there were many reasons behind them. But I think this is an opportunity for us uh, to remind ourselves that we were once teenagers and try and be better adults right now and support these young teenagers. Or if you have had um, a teen suicide in your family and you've got some advice for us on how to prevent it, please interact on 011-714-2006. Alternatively, you can WhatsApp 0614-104-107. SMSs go to 41391. You know, Fatima, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about cases here that happened when mm -hmm. I was a teenager. Uh, yes, a couple of moons ago, but there were many attempted suicide cases in my day. It would range <laughs> from fathers being absent in a child's life, um, mothers not really there, going to work all the time, and um, and then it, it would be the boyfriend issue, it would be bullying at school, um, it would be being molested by a family member, and there was always an attempt. And, yes. and in this day and age, we are now the adults. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about maybe 10, 15 years ago. We are now the adults. <laughs> but some of us have children who are almost teenagers or are teenagers, and we are not able to break that cycle because we still hear of attempted suicides or suicides that went through in this day and age. Is there anything that we can do as adults to, to try and curb this, to stop this, or even telltale signs that will identify yes. a teenager who's at risk? I think with, with this, the most important thing is learning about the warning signs, learning how to have a conversation with your teenagers. Um, today, we were doing school talks in Ivory Park in Tendisa. And um, you, you get exposed to the thoughts that children go through, the difficulties children go through, um, again, attempted suicide cases were brought up. Um, we sit at this very difficult climate, <clears throat> especially in these years, COVID-19 in the last few years has brought so much of stress and anxiety to so many people. Adults are going through this difficult time. So you can only imagine how difficult it is for teenagers. They have to adjust from seeing friends every day, interacting. It's all about social distancing, learning online, um, long-distance learning, delayed learning. Um, they, they're not being exposed to, you know, their peers. It's difficult. And being in a household that might be more fragile than going out, like the only space where they feel a bit more at ease is at school. And now all of a sudden they enclosed in one area and they're not able to interact with people they um, they they know that they can relate with. It is really tough situations right now. Um, also parenting, you know, back in the day we were allowed. You know, myself and you, we probably got enough shouting and hiding and whatever. But in this day and age, it's a different type of parenting skill again. It's about trying to keep the lines of communication open so when your child is going through something, they are able to reach out and say, Mom, Dad, I'm going through X something. 
or I'm not feeling well today, how do we go about fixing or making me feel better? Can you take me to the doctor? Can you take me to a counselor just for a face-to-face session? These kids are now exposed to all the different um, information online. They learn about how to cope with things. They Google search how to deal with certain situations. And knowing that they need someone to be supportive enough to go out and get the help they need as well. So it's about a balance of everything. And it's just like, like our hashtag for the CTE, it's hashtag real convo. And that's what we need to keep is to keep that conversation going. The more we are able to talk about suicide, the more we are able to talk about depression, the more we are able to keep the communication lines open with our children. It will be easier for us and for them, and they'll be feeling supportive in the same in the same time as well. Most definitely, our young people need to feel supported. How do we? Are there any telltale signs? Is there anything? Yes. Because other kids yes. might not be open to speak. There are other kids who are very introverted or would be too shy to speak about their reason for not wanting to continue with life, um, or feel that it's you know if I tell this person, this person might also see the same that everyone else is seeing, and it would make matters worse. So how do we tell the telltale signs? What are they, and how do we then address it? I think the biggest thing to look for is behavioral changes. So looking at how they are as a person. So if a person was an introvert before becomes an extrovert now, and they start talking, and they're more bubblier, and they interact with people, it could be a telltale sign. Because you might think why, but it's because they see that they are going to be out of whatever they're going through, so they become happier. So that's why their attitude changes. Others become more isolated. So they isolate themselves, they withdraw themselves from family interaction, they don't want to be around anyone, they don't like speaking. Then, of course, it is talking about suicide or death. Very often, they do speak about it. They either write about it. They, if, you look, if they are graphic people and they draw, you can see their drawings are becoming darker and deeper. Um, even quotations and all these memes, they could be sharing something that's quite deep, but we think it's not that deep and we overlook it at times. Um, they, they often give away prized possessions. So, for instance, if they feel like, I love this chain, it means the world to me, but I'm going to give it to my sibling. Um, it's, it's just like, you know, whatever is important to them, they start giving it away. Um, there's also signs where the depressive signs, so moodiness, hopelessness, um, their drastic change in appetite, so they either eat too much or too little, sleep patterns change. You also see things like increased alcohol and drug abuse. Um, it's, it's, it's all risky behavior, but it's just because they are trying to find, they find themselves in this dark hole and they don't know where to go and they start looking for ways um, like to cope. And sometimes it just, it, it spirals. And that's, they, they come to a point where they cannot deal or cope with anything anymore. And they, they, they do things that actually make them feel or think they feel good again. But the biggest, biggest sign for everything is a behavioral change. 
Mm. And yeah. um, when you see someone changing their attitude completely, just know something needs to be said or a conversation needs to be opened up. All right, let me go to the lines uh, now that we've got some of those notes to to consider when we are assessing our own teenagers. Um, it, it will make things better for us to be able to deal with um, a suicide, especially with teenagers. I've got Atima Stanley on the line. Stanley, good evening. How are you? Um, strong. How are you, Stanley? I'm, I'm, I'm just surviving. You know, I, when I hear this thing, it's something that concerns me a lot something that I'm thinking about every single day. Like, I've just graduated from the university. Congratulations. And my parents, they passed on due to an accident in December. And I'm living with my aunt, and I'm a person who's on a wheelchair. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm paralyzed from the waist down. And they, nobody seems to listen to me. Like, I've been in boarding school half of my life. And now that I've got an opportunity to go to Pretoria, there's a company called Ford. Just they've seen me as they say I must come and do it, and I said, nobody wants to help me to go there. And they said no. They'll give they'll give me a step, and I just need to pay only a room to stay. Then everything will be catered for as long as I can come there and start with other kids. I'm supposed to start on Monday, and nobody seems to listen. When I tell them, they say, "How are you gonna cope while you're on a wheelchair?" It's been long, and sometimes I think without my parents. I'd rather just follow them and kill myself because this, it means I would never become anyone. I would never be able to find a job because they don't want me to go and do a leadership. But I, I survived in university. I survived at school. And why now? So it's, it's something that every night when I sleep, I think, what is it that I can do just to follow to follow my parents and say, you left me in this hole. Why? Fatima, how do you come in and help a person like Stanley who's just feeling like everything is crumbling? And, and, and you know, Stanley, for a person who's graduated, that's a step forward, in, in my view, before Fatima comes in. You've got a step, a step forward above, above many other South Africans who are not I'm able to, to study further because of funding. So What hurt what what me, me the most, my sister, is because I've been offered, I've been offered an intern at a big company that maybe that can change my life. But why? Why now? They don't even want to... You know, I said, okay, just if I can get 2000 and get a room, they'll give me a stipend. I'll be able to sustain myself. I'll be able... Because now I have to depend on grant. And that grant, they want me to come and contribute also in the family. I must contribute and groceries and stuff. So they don't want me to leave here. They don't want me to leave and go start my life and leave so like now, a normal So now, because of, Stanley, because of the lack of 2,000 rand, despite the fact that you're a graduate, you are willing to take your own life. Is this what you're saying? No, it's not the lack of the money. It's the lack of, I'm going to, I'm going to miss the big opportunity that could change my life for good. So because of that one opportunity, because you of are willing. That one. Let, let, okay, Stanley, please hold. I think, I Fatima, think, come I in. Think, yeah. I think, Stanley, um, at this moment, you're feeling highly emotional. And because of that, it's probably like, you know, impacting you when in your thought patterns. And you're not thinking clearly right now, or you're not thinking as rationally as what you normally do. And I can feel that the emotions are overcoming everything that you're feeling right now. So what I would like to do is suggest that you leave your details with um, the producer or someone, and I will arrange for a counselor to call you and have a conversation with you, and we can think of 
alternative ways of how to help you get where you need to be. Remember, this is your own personal development and growth. So you have this golden opportunity, which not many people get even after graduation. So it's just about working around the your, the, the one small hurdle that you have and if we can figure that out, I think you'll be able to then see the light again. So it's so what, just, I they think they want my grant. What they are concerned more is if I leave and get this opportunity, like they, I see, they just want me to stay at home so that I can use they can use my grant. Stanley, I want Stanley, something better for my future. Excuse me, excuse me, Stanley. Stanley, I can hear you emotional. So you do earn a grant. Can you I not do. can you not use that income for the grant to be able to get into your internship? Because other but things are other things we we we, we create we, we look at them as if they are huge. But if we start biting them bit by bit, we realize that we've got all the power in our hands. Are you not able to use that income to get the room that you need in Pretoria? That, that's why I told them I'd say I'll get a room for two thousand. Then my grant will be for transport because the the even they can lend me because the stipend I'm selling is 18,000 red stipend. So, and that's the, we, they're starting on Monday. And I can't even find a room. So if I don't go on Monday or find a room this weekend, it means I'm going to mess out on this opportunity. Because with my grant only, I can use it for transport. If I use a room, I won't have money for transport. So I said, please lend me. When I get paid on my stipend, I'll pay you back. And like they said, no. If you don't have money, then wait for next year for another opportunity, or the others will come. People graduated and they are not working. So if exactly. I miss this one with a disability, it's it's going to be too it's, it's too much. Danny, I think I think what we can do is sign a you. So please um, leave your details. Um, we will see what we can do. I think this, con- this, this, this conversation that you're having, you have a lot of emotions that you're going through. So we need to work through all those emotions first. And then slowly, bit by bit, like Patricia says, bit by bit, we can then sort of tackle the little bit and get you where you need to be. And it, it will take time. And we just we need to work together on this. Um, so now I would say, you know, think of yourself. I know it's selfish to do that, but it's for your own growth. And you have been handed a really good opportunity. Take it while you have the opportunity to do it. Um, Sandy, just, uh, yeah, Ben is going to arrange um, that uh, Fatima gets your number. Please, please don't make a huge mountain. There's help out there, like Fatima said, out of this. You will get the help. Fatima has said so. She's willing to assist, okay? Don't see this as the end of it. Let me go to an A-teamer here, Kachiso. Kachiso, good evening. Good evening, madam. Yes, Kachiso, go ahead. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Go ahead. Oh, fine, madam. I'd like to comment on the topic myself. Hello? Go ahead. We're listening. Thank you. Gariso, please go ahead. We've only got uh, two minutes left. If I, I, I had the, 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 how to recommend is 
the children are traumatized and how parents can help that question. Hello. Okay. So please give us your comment or your question, please. I was confirming what I heard you clearly. Yes, what do you want to say about it? Yes, what I'm, I want to say is going to be so different because it's going to address individual stress or trauma of the children. So like I said, I've only got two minutes left to wrap up this conversation, so get to the point, please. Yes, actually. Let me leave it because there is no time. I will comment later. Let's move on, A-teamers. Fatima, thank you very much for calling us. Uh, Ben is going to give you Stanley's number um, so that you can continue with this conversation and give him the help that you are able to give him. Could you kindly give us uh, contact details? I know you have a toll-free number that is free of charge for those who are in need of talking to someone around uh, suicide sure. or depression or anxiety. Please give us those numbers. So our helpline is 24 hours. You can call at any time. It's 0800-567-567. Um, there is our website with a wealth of information on there. Please do visit it. It is www.sadag.org. We're also on social media, so please follow our conversations Share your stories. Um, use the hashtag #RealConvo this week. Let us get the, you know, let us get the conversation rolling so we can break down stigma but also increase awareness at the same time. Thank you so very much, Fatima. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's a very sensitive topic, and I do hope that we'll be able to touch on uh, suicide again because there's so many attempts and uh, so many cases that are being reported. Have a good evening. Thanks, you too. Bye.